0: Welcome to Beyond the Shire. My name is Jack Wolf. Today we'll be talking again a little bit about the conspiracy with some little nuance, and I just want to do some casual reading of the Bible to you in a little bit and interject some thoughts and feelings I have along the way. Uh, some of who you know me know that The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are some of my favorite movies of all time. The Power of the Story, The Truth That It Represents, The powerful imagery and messages that are communicated and how they tie into the gospel are absolutely extraordinary to see it lived out, the battle between the power of the flesh and the spirit, how the enemy is trying to overcome uh, the world and how God absolutely defeats the powers of darkness. Uh, That has happened by Christ giving his life on the cross and defeated the powers of darkness, but the battle still rages until that final day comes when he will be put to rest and shall be no more. And we battle against these very things and there's an enemy that's against us, but there's a God that's for us. And the only way to really win is to invite him into your heart and into your life And to ask Him to rule and reign in your life and to take His Word for the truth that it is, and as uncomfortable as it makes us at times of reading things that I don't agree with or I don't feel comfortable with or I don't really like, really, it's not necessarily a matter of my choice at times because God knows what's best. He said, here's my way. Walk in this way. Do these things. Here's what I say. Follow me. You know, there's there's, a... a Bible verse that says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads uh, to destruction. In these movies, you know, uh, Gandalf says war is coming and the enemy's on your doorstep. And uh, the enemy is on our doorstep. He's always been on our doorstep, but to recognize, understand that he's on our doorstep is a whole other thing. What we're actually fighting against, what the battle is actually about. He says we're not alone in this fight. And we're not alone because the power of God is real. And the Spirit of God is in us. And He wants, He gives us His Word that we can read and dig into it and understand what He's saying to us and help us to navigate life and know what's true and what's not true. You know, there's uh, this whole um, line that uh, Sam says to Frodo, what sort of tale have we found ourselves in? Well, I tell you that. Uh, that 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 always stirs at me when I think of that. What sort of tale? And I when I wake up, like all of you, watch the news and read the paper, or just see things on social media and go, man, what sort of tale have we found ourselves in? Could we get become more deck more despicable? Could we, as a human race, bite and devour each other more? Well, apparently, we can. And it's just man against man, uh, power against power, who's right, who's wrong, with absolutely an, an intent, what seems to be of defining what truth actually is and defining those things. Say, no, this is truth, that's truth. And how do we really know what truth is? And what are we willing to stand for? And how, does this, how do we really govern our lives in these things? This conspiracy that the powers of darkness continue to rage war against against God and God's truth and God's principle is real and true. And if I could be transparent with you, you know, one of my growing concerns as a follower of Christ, and I, uh, I'm not perfect nobody is, but what helps guide me and govern me is not everything that I feel, but what does the Bible tell me and what guides my thoughts, and the intents of my heart, and how can I have God help me to live in His way, even if it goes against what I actually really want. For for the last several years, I've had a growing concern that Christians are in danger of getting away from the truths that define what it is to be a Christian, what it really means to follow Jesus, and His ways, His truths, His concepts, His definition of what it means to be so many things in life. You know, are we more culturally relevant, or are we more biblically relevant? Do we read the Bible to understand the culture and how to respond to the culture? Or do we listen to our cultural voices that help us understand in many cases or even reinterpret the Bible to somehow fit our lifestyle that is more comfortable or more relevant or more culturally acceptable. Now, these kinds of things, this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. Just to read uh, some things out of Timothy, and I'll make some comments along the way, and I hope you'll stay involved, but... You know, this is where I, I I I try to just let the Bible say what it says and 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 think about it, reflect on it. What does it mean to me? But Paul says to Timothy, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. If it's of no value and it only ruins those who listen. Do your best. To present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. He's encouraging us to correctly handle the word of truth. What I hold in my hand is a Bible. It is the truth of God's word for humanity, for everything that we need to know and how to live. He says correctly handle this truth. That means it could be handled incorrectly. I can use it for evil. He says, avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And then he says, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have departed from truth. Now, they used to be in the truth. But now these two are saying that there's no resurrection that has already taken place. And they're destroying the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed within this inscription. The Lord knows who are His. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. The Lord knows who are His. The Lord knows who whether you're His or not. I don't know. But He knows. And he wants you to give your heart, he wants you to give your heart to him, to let him rule and reign in your life, regardless of how uncomfortable it makes you at times. And then he it goes on to say, in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some for common use. Those who clean themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made wholly, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. You know, we're all vessels. The issue is, are we a vessels being used by God, filled with His Spirit and His power and His authority? Then He encourages us to flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He says, don't do anything, with to have to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth again back to the knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses. An escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. He is saying that there are Christians, perhaps in this in this text that men and women that used to follow his ways that have been taken captive by the enemy and are doing his will. Doing what he wants, promoting what he wants. There are so many things that are promoted in the name of God that have nothing to do with God whatsoever. We're define, redefining everything in the world that we live in. You can't even say male and female now without bidding, without, and you feel like you're violating some cultural balance in nature. It's ridiculous. God said male and female. We, it may make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with everything in the Bible, but God said, I've created them this way. This is what he says. And these definitions and defining things, they do, they do matter. He tells us that terrible times are going to come, that people are going to be lovers of themselves, as lovers of money, that they're going to be boastful, proud, abusive. They're going to be disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They're going to be unholy without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Even that sentence itself says, you know, I, I do love pleasure. Who doesn't? But I want to love God more than that, more than just what satisfies me. And then he says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then this little command says, have nothing to do with such people. Wow, that's strong. Why? What's up with that? They're the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Later on in this chapter, Paul tells Timothy, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted you know, do, as a Christian, do you do you take a do you take a stand? Do you are you are you able to stand for what's true? Can you say there is a truth that you would willing to hang your hat on and willing to stand up for? Because if we're going to live a godly life, you know, if we're going to stand for what's right. We need to be willing to stand for what's right, even if people don't like what we say. In fact, they didn't like what Jesus had to say. He said, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of. Because you know from those whom you've learned it, what are you convinced of? What are you convinced of about who God is and God's power, God's authority, God's word? He says that all scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, for rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word, well, it doesn't sound like much fun now, does it? And does it mean like, man, we're going to have some good stuff for teaching, but also for rebuking and also for correcting and also for training in righteousness. We live in a culture now where rebuking and correcting and training for righteousness well would be laughed and scoffed at. How dare anybody say anything about anything that I believe or want to do or what I want to say about anything in life? How dare? How dare? Expect God dares. God dares. You know, we're encouraged not to call uh, darkness light. It's not light. It's darkness. If you turn the lights off in the house, it's going to be dark. That is a definition. And there are things that are dark in nature, dark in character, dark in sexuality. Do you know that the early church celebrated some son having sex with the father's mother, yeah, that's right. It's in First Corinthians. So the church was kind of proud that a son was having sex with the father's wife his his mother. there it is. It's right there in First Corinthians. yeah, it says it's actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you. And of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. And check this out. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And you are proud. You are proud. He's speaking to a church, the Corinthian church, that was carnal and filled with immorality and disgusting things. And they had gotten to a point where these kind of things are happening. And he said, and you're proud? And then he said, shouldn't you have rather gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who's been doing this? <laughs> For my part, even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. And he says, I've already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who's been doing this. He's passing judgment. He's saying it's wrong. It's incorrect. It's immoral. It's immoral. He says, "So when you're assembled and I'm with you in spirit, the power of the Lord Jesus is present." Then he says, "This hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord." That's some deep stuff right there. But he's saying, "Man, this this is evil. This is wrong. He's this is disgusting." And how do we how do we continue to condone? As Christians, we're we're afraid now to stand up for anything that's right and holy and true and pure. But the scriptures tell us that one day there will be a time where we're gonna have to choose this day who we're going to serve. Are we gonna serve the Lord? Are we gonna follow his ways? Are we willing to stand up for what's right? Now, granted, The church has done a terrible, terrible job standing up for what's right with a bad spirit and a bad attitude, but Jesus did it. Jesus did it in the scriptures, and we can do it too, but let's not be afraid to speak up. I encourage you to read your Bible so that you have understanding about what's going on in the world that we live in to not be afraid. We have to draw people to the Lord. We are a broken, broken world that we need God's government and His Spirit and His love to guide us. We are destroying ourselves. And no one is willing to stand up and say, this is the way, walk you in it. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth in the life. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. But there is a way in the Lord that leads to life and life everlasting. And this is not just talking about the life to come, but the life we're living now. I encourage you, if you're a Christian, to read your Bible. In fact, I'm going to give you this little challenge. I want you to read the book of Romans, start in chapter one. Read it slowly and ask yourself: What do I believe? What troubles me? What am I willing to stand for? Where do I find myself in this? Friends, the world is lost. It needs men and women of God to stand up and say, "This is the way. Walk you in it. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Give your heart to Him. Repent of your sin and your selfishness and your and your your attitude that I get to do what I want to do any time I want to do it. No, it's It's not His way. It's the way that leads to destruction. I just want to encourage you as much as I can. God loves us. His Word is truth. Purity is found as we follow Him. No, we are all like sheep that have gone astray. That's for sure. We all struggle with this. But that doesn't mean we still don't declare and stand up and hold up what is true and correct and right in the name of the Lord. For men and women are lost and they need Jesus. And they need to be filled with the power of His Spirit, feel His love, and feel what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God and walking in that kingdom for it is the only kingdom that will stand forever and ever. I'm glad I'm a part of it. I'm a work in progress. I hope you have a great week. And I hope you find something here. that's encouraged your heart. God bless you. We'll see you next time.